This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Yes, if you call it that. I mean, yeah, we got a little bit of snow. Uh, light dusting. Oh, so it was panic everywhere then. No, it wasn't, actually. <laughs> didn't even enough to cause panic. I think it was a little heavier back towards Sparky's direction. It's just northwest of where I am, an hour and a half or so. But yes, yeah, Friday night was quite interesting because during the day Friday, we were near 70 degrees. Humid as it gets here when air comes in off the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then this warm, moist air from the south collided with the cold front that came through, and it produces quite a lot of bad weather. We don't normally have tornado warnings and hail warnings in January, but we did Friday. Yeah, I was about to say, that sounds like tornado weather to me. It was. In fact, we had a rotation not too far from where I live, so all the alert sirens, the weather sirens went off. I thought I was going, and Pam was at work, of course. She works, but she works here at the house. And I thought I was going to have to go fetch her down and get her and the dog and go into the little alcove that's under the stairways, which is our safe area. Ooh, hunker down, huh? <laughs> yes, but did not worsen. Yeah, then the temperature drops from a high that Friday afternoon of near 70 to just above freezing <laughs> Friday night, Saturday morning. And then, yeah, that after the mo- worst of it passed, the back end of this was a light dusting of snow. Mm. See, I, I just think of that as it kills the bugs, the nuisance bugs. Oh, absolutely. I wish we would get you know, deep freeze. deep freeze here. I'm talking about 10 degrees or blow, which we do get from time to time. We have not had one that bad in recent years. Oh, really? So you've had bad bugs for recent years? Oh, yes, we have. But So, yes, that is the weather we've had. How about you? I know you said you're getting snow up there in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, um, I'm trying to think of what day it started. It started raining in Thursday, I think. And then Friday and Saturday, and then Saturdays when it kind of switched over to spitting snow or spitting sleet and ice and started coating everything and switched over to snow. So we got like four inches in like three days or two days. And then, then we the back end of it was just dump some snow on us. So that was fun. Yes. I got lots of neighbors on the next door app <laughs> about uh, basements backing up and flooding and all that. And I was hoping I wasn't going to have to do a repeat of my spring adventure of trying to haul all my long boxes upstairs. Yeah, that would not have been fun. I got to figure out a contingency plan for that. That is not having to haul these things all the way upstairs. The only thing I can think of is that you would have to make your basement completely airtight and then you could seal it off and... Positive pressure. Positive pressure, yeah. Yeah, well, the thing is, I got drains and everything around, so I'm the, the odds of that actually happening are pretty low unless there's something of biblical proportion, portions going on. You know, like one of those one of those things where the water is actually coming up through drains and sewers. <laughs> yes, because as I recall from being at your house back in October, you don't live on what looks could be to be described in any way as a flood plain or a flood area. Oh, oh no. If we have any problems, it has to do with the sewer system. The water, the water, the stormwater drainage system and the sewer system. If there's some funky thing that happens that gets blocked and the pressure causes the, the water. To, well, here's what happened. So here's, here's how unintended, well, I don't know about unintended consequences. Let's just, let's just say, here's how the cascade of events happen. So I live in the city. Right. 
and we're a fairly green city, so we have lots of trees and lots of leaves, right? So the way the leaf pickup works around here is they pick up leaves on the last Wednesday and the last Thursday of the month, right? And that, you know, depending on what street you are is the order and everything like that. Well, guess what happened in December on the last Wednesday and the last Thursday of the month in both November and December? There were holidays. Exactly. So there was no leaf pickup. Then you get a lot of rain. There's a lot of leaves. So all it did was block all the drainage uh, inlets or out inlets for all the streets and everything. So everything's clogged with leaves. So that's what's backing up for a lot of people. I see. And I made I made sure to go out and you know take care of where mine is and see where the street is. You know, kick a few leaves here and there, make sure stuff drains. So. Uh, we also about a uh, oh the next street over had a sinkhole this week, oh. so it's take yeah one of the crosswalks over there by somebody's house, so it took out a tree in the sidewalk. But it's uh I haven't gone over there to look at it because they blocked it all off. I mean they've closed the whole street down, so they've blocked that off like Friday I think. So I'm wondering if a main but if there was a main line that burst and it eroded the. Uh, the soil out from under the road because it took out half the street. That didn't sound good because those things sometimes can expand. Yeah, well, I don't think it's a natural sinkhole. I think it's just a sinkhole from uh, utilities. Okay. So this isn't Florida. Well, that's true. (laughs) Because if it was, there wouldn't be any snow. That is true. So. But anyway, yeah, that's some exciting stuff here. Sounds good. By the way, you're listening to Best of the Rest podcast. As we talk about city city living and home ownership. Which is part of the rest, I guess. Could be, could be. I did make a major dent in getting a bunch of my comics filed. That's good. And trying some more of my alternate storage method, which I'm still kind of leery on. So I got the alternative storage method of some plastic totes for... Some of my more, mm, I know series I got that I'm that are ended, that are kind of in the middle range. I'm trying them off in the totes, and I'm trying and I'm putting in stuff that does the absorb, you know, like the um, paper they put that CGC puts in comics to absorb any acidity. I'm putting a bunch of those in the totes too, cause I'm just trying to figure out something other than long boxes. Yes, I've thought about different methods of that. The only thing I would worry about with the totes is that when you sail them up, they're pretty well airtight. And if you happen to sail them up on a day when there's a lot of humidity, mm-hmm. if the temperature goes down the relative, you might get some increased moisture in there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, my because my, I spent a couple of months researching this and looking, and it's like the whole point of acid-free backing boards and all that is to absorb some of that. You get that from plastics, and plastics never really finish um, degassing. So that's my whole concern with totes, but just just the cardboard long box, I just want something a little bit more sturdy and durable and can be kind of element-proof than cardboard boxes. Long box, and I don't like those plastic long boxes because they're not. I don't think those seal up like I want them to seal up. They don't. I've got a couple, and I'm a little bit disappointed with them. As a matter of fact, so they're definite improvement as far as uh, just basic function. Of, you know, if I, if you I put had dividers the, in there yeah. and, and such. Yeah, well, I'm de- debating if I had the room, and I got the room probably, but I just don't know how it would look. I got a strong urge to get some of those large filing cabinets. Yes. Right? That they're long, and I think you could almost get two long boxes worth of comics in each drawer. So you set up four or five of those at four high, you got 16 to 20 long boxes there worth of, you could store them in with easy access. True, and I've actually seen people do that. I believe somewhere, maybe I don't. May have to do a duck, duck, go search on it. 
especially a legal sized filing cabinet. Exactly, legal size. That you could actually, this person had gotten one and taken, and then used a just a thin piece of foam core as a divider, and it could get two rows in there on one mm-hmm. box, you know, two rows of comics, and that looked work like it would work. The uh, my uh, guy that owns my LCS, he uses some of those old vertical files. I don't know if you've seen those, that, where they just pull out. Yep. Now, he's got stuff in, in long boxes that he stacks up in there, but you could, if you wanted to make your own dividers. Yeah. You just need to get, and you've got plenty of room in your basement. You, know, you need to get, in your garage, you need to get some a table saw, some good power, and then start making your own handcrafted mahogany long boxes. Yeah, but at some point, I want to turn the basement into an entertainment area, because well, that's, that's where my wet bar is. That's true. So, but of course, I've been wanting to do that for 15 years, and hey, here we are. <laughs> but anyway. Ah, so, what do we want to talk about? I know we're kind of doing a new format and everything, but you know what? I was flipping through previews a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, this is a damn good previews. I went through it, and I'm not nearly as enthusiastic as you are. Oh, you aren't? Ugh. There's some good things in there, but I didn't. Look at it as, no, this is one of the stellar issues that have come out in recent memory. That's because you don't have a soft spot for the 80th anniversary of Robin. Uh, I saw that. I do somewhat. but I'll, Okay, I'll let you start. Since you've got the one that your brother so excited about, I'll let you begin. Ooh, well, let me see. I was going to do a little bit of prep work, but I ended up having an incident upstairs about an hour ago. So t- tomorrow's the last day we can throw away the tree at our garage. Or at our park. And so while getting out the tree, I accidentally dumped, and we use a live tree. I accidentally dumped half the uh, tree stand with water onto the hardwood floor. <laughs> so <laughs> we were we were scrambling around trying to get that cleaned up without damaging the hardwood floor. So, well, I'm trying to think. So, I'm wondering, I can't remember if it was in the main book of previews or if there was anything in the DC stuff. So, uh, I'm flipping through the DC stuff real quick. Um, well, there is the 100-page spectacular for Robin 80th anniversary. Yeah, you just told it to Yeah, and I think the Wonder Woman 750 is coming out here in a couple of weeks. So I guess they're going to be doing that with a bunch of their stuff now. Is that getting into their legacy stuff? I guess they hit these so. milestones, and then they're just going to go back to renumbering originally. Apparently, I gotta say I'm a little bit put off by that. But anyway. Yeah, but aren't they going to restart the whole DC with 5G or something in like a year or two? Who knows? Who absolutely knows? I I become the more I go along, the more tiresome all of these things that DC in particular does, and even Marvel to a certain degree. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I'm just like, can't we just, can't they just put out comics? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And not worry about the people who say, oh, they're not aging, or they're not getting any older, or blah, blah, blah. But I guess you gotta well, I'm not liven things that. up. It's just all these strange decisions. like, okay, we're going to go back to classic numbering. So now we're going to be into Wonder Woman 753. Is that going to make people any more willing to buy this comic book and read it? Or is it going to try to drive certain people who think they're going to be able the collectors who think, oh my gosh, we're getting close to 800. You know, So we'll get Wonder Woman 800, which will be a highly collectible issue. It's like, no, I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of starting to agree uh, with what Eric said on the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast of a couple weeks ago, their year-end edition, Mm -hmm. where he kind of pretty much said that every decision that DC made in 2019 was a bad decision. Oh, then you haven't listened to the latest episode of the CalCast. No, I haven't. There's a heck of a lot more discussions on the big two and everything like that. And some of it I didn't even realize because I don't get collected editions. And do you know? Remember how we went on and on and on, uh, however many months ago, about that um, that hard book slipcase edition of the Detective Comics one through twenty six, the before Batman. Right. They canceled that. Yes, they did. Because because the content was inappropriate for this day and age. 
this. But it still got. Uh, I, I did not know that. I'm glad I didn't order one. I was seriously considering ordering one of those. I had thought about it too, but and of course now at least people like Eric at Cowabunga in alert because a lot of people have prepaid for this stuff and now he's got to hand money back. Yeah, exactly. You got to hand money back. Not that you know that's the right thing to do and everything, but that's not how you can run a business. Well, I'm not saying that they shouldn't give it back, but it's just it's. Well, no, no, I, yeah. DC's putting them in that spot. I was going to say, comic book shops just run on the ragged edge anyway. I mean, nobody is getting filthy rich running comic book stores. And then to have the publisher do stuff like that to you. And, you know, like Eric said on that podcast, he actually talked to Dan DiDio. And Dan said, yeah, that was a mis- this was earlier, before the 1 to 27. They had some problems, but they weren't going to cancel any more books. And, of course, they have. But Yeah, exactly. But, yes, they don't want people to look at that cover from Detective Comics number one with that Fu Manchu character. Which, yes, by modern sensibilities, it is exceedingly racist. There's no question about that. But it's kind of like, do we ignore history? And just because we're publishing that doesn't mean we endorse it, I guess. So, yeah, I'm... I'm not buying any collected editions until they come out. I'm not pre-buying any of them anymore, not from DC, because there's just no guarantee that it's even going to come out. Yeah. All right. So I was looking, flipping through the Marvel one, and I don't think there was anything that. So it must have been all the preview stuff. And, and I'll tell you what it was, or the main book and previews. It's all previews. So I'll take you. I, I don't know. I thought you would do because um, this is the artist and art books. So editions. So I think there was a bunch of those where I just saw in here, and it's like, ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. Well, actually, that's about all I saw in there that really did excite me. Yeah, but there was a bunch of them, though. Yes. But some a bunch, of them a bunch, are a bunch, a bunch, a bunch. Not new. They're just being reoffered. Yeah, you know, some of them might be new to me seeing them. But, like, I know the one you probably thought. Yes, this is on page 230 of the main book under... Abrams comic arts. They have several here. Oh, yeah. So that's where it starts. Yep. The art of Jaime Hernandez. This is not a new book. This has been around for quite a few years. But apparently they've acquired rights to it. And they're issuing it as a 9 by 12 soft cover. Mm-hmm. Great book. I highly recommend it. But yeah, well, I think it. Yeah, I think I was looking on like page 226 and 227. So they got the Frank Cho Ballpoint Beauties hardcover, which I think that was originally offered in a um, oh um, Kickstarter. I think so. And so this is the one he's released. It's in as, stores now because I know my uh, LCS has it. Yeah. So I've got the comics and sequential art by Will Eisner. That's another good book. More so if you're um, interested in becoming a creator. Mm-hmm. But the art of Simon and Kirby Studio, that's yeah, that's of some interest. Yeah, I was hoping I'd get down here and I could pick out those things that I really liked beforehand, but uh, I had to make the wife happy, happy with preserving the floor. <laughs> I understand. So we can get through this. We can get through this. So let's see what else going through here. I know there was a couple of image titles. I'm not backing that that I was really liking. There was one. Oh, what was it? There was one about where they find. I saw the thing. They find a spaceship buried in the Arctic, which is probably an old trope in itself, where they dig up an alien craft and everything. But I don't know why it is I love those kind of stories. Well, I know a couple of things I noticed in image. I've got one. A book called, called Decorum. Yeah. Jonathan Hickman book. Yeah, at first I thought it was like an X-Men title or something, but nope. Just briefly what it says about that one is that there are many assassins in the known universe. This is the story of the most well-mannered one. <laughs> There's another book. Oh, it's an original graphic novel called 920 London. Mm-hmm. 2005 North of London, a doomed romance between two emo kids. Oh, yeah, emo More than friends, less than lovers. They're trying to grow shrooms before the world ends. Martin's going to be all over this, because it's got the two things he really likes. Shrooms and emo. Like emo? Yeah. 
the interesting thing about this is that the art is all uh, watercolor paintings. Yeah. Which it looks pretty. Well, did pretty you see cool. there? Did you see the X-ray robot from Mike Michael Alred from yes, Dark Horse? I saw that, and I knew you would be on top of that. Yeah, that and then the next one. Oh, and it's Dark Horse, and then Starship Down, one of four. God, I love the whole finding stuff in Antarctic ice. Whether it's viruses, spaceship, aliens, frozen Neanderthals that come back to life, things, it's... I don't know why that just intrigues me, because it's probable. Well, probable that they're not alive, except for the, the viruses and the microbes. They could actually be alive. In the I, ice. I'm not putting and, it in the probable. <laughs> it's, what? No, they have. They have. They're finding stuff in the permafrost that's uh, melting in Siberia. Oh, bacteria maybe, but starships? No, no. Yeah, not starships. The bacteria? Hell yeah. Oh, well, yeah. There's... That's where zombies come from. <laughs> I, I guess. I'll take your word for that. All right, so that's all that. Yeah, so then we get into the... Oh, man. Now I'm just like... I saw this great stuff, and now I can't find any of it. Oh, yeah. Here's something I'm really excited about that's coming out. From AWA Upshot to Resistance number one, because it's got my man, J. Michael Straczynski, writing for the first time, and I don't know when. What page are you on? I'm on page 272. Okay, see, I'm still back. You're flipping through too much. What do you mean flipping through too much? We were back in we were back in uh, Dark Horse in, in like ninety four and now we're yeah, but you skipped over. I'm all over the place. You skipped over Just keep, keep up. Come on. Keep Napoleon up. Dynamite impeach what? Pedro. How could you miss Napoleon Dynamite impeach Pedro? I thought you were oh I thought <laughs> you were uh, I thought I remember saying you weren't that you kinda got the first issue or so and it just didn't click with you. No, 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 no. You're Confusing me with some other person. No, I like, I love the Napoleon Dynamite stuff. So who's the publisher? IDW. This is on page Ooh. 151. This is a graphic novel that's coming out. Oh, is that the collected edition? Yeah. Alrighty then. Was Napoleon Dynamite a comic at first? Or it was a movie first, right? It was a movie first. You sure it wasn't based on a comic? I'm sure. <sighs> we'll take all the fun out of it then. Why? Why does that take the fun out of it? Okay, so we'll get caught up now. Are you? Well, I don't know now. Yeah, I'm back to where you are, so we got to go through all that again. No, 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 no. So 270. Oh, was there anything in Boom? I can't really remember if there's anything. Everybody's talking all this stuff about Boom, but I'm not getting anything from Boom. It all seems more juvenile type work to me. So we're just saying, that. hey, get off our comic lawn. No, I'm saying enjoy Boom if you want to, but there's nothing in there that really interests me. If you want to call that the equivalent of Guild Off My Comic One. Ahoy's got a new yeah. series coming out, if you're following them at all. Yeah, I am doing the Ahoy stuff. Of course, I don't know if I'm going to keep up with the Snifter O Terror. That's a fun comic. It's, yeah, I know it's kind of lighthearted. Uh, is it $4.99 fun? Well... I've been paying three ninety nine. So I don't oh, know. Oh, is it three ninety nine? Well, where I am, or less if you get it through Cowabunga. Yeah. But no, so Billionaire Island is the new series coming out from Hawaii. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I did think that was interesting. Because it's got Mark Russell, who's writer of the Second Coming, which has gotten so much press this past few months. Oh, I will say Second Coming is great. What do you think about the Captain Ginger? Didn't like it. I read the first couple issues and not your thing I'm, I'm not a cat person <laughs> okay but anyway we can get back to AWA with the resistance number one by J. Michael Straczynski on page 272 and illustrated by Mike Diodato Jr. and the cover by Raza Raza whatever Raza Google no no how do you pronounce that 272 Raza I guess well, no, I meant Rosh Agul. Is it Rush Agul? It's, Ra, it's Raz Agul. Okay. Okay. And then there's the incorrect Bill Beer pronunciation. <laughs> so I am going to get the Resistance. I don't know if I'm going to get the other books. Oh, but Archangel H, written by Michael Morisi. 
The other two, I don't know. But if you're getting the other, you might. If you're getting fifty percent of the releases, you might as well get them all. Oh, that's true. Hotel L, Hotel L number one. Hotel with a two L's at the end. Well, if you get rid of the O, the OT, it's hell. Yes, you have to see the cover to, to get the joke. Mm. So I guess we got a new comic book book universe coming out right here. So <clears throat> we shall see from AWA Studios. Maybe worth a look. Well, you got J. Michael Straczynski. He did Babylon 5. He did Sense8. Or Sense8. He did. He wrote for Spider-Man, Thor, Superman, Superman Earth 1. I think, he, I think he did some Wonder Woman and all that. So I just always enjoyed his writing. Always enjoyed his writing. So he's like one of those uh, writers that I'll, I'll dive into whatever he's doing no matter what. He's, See how good it is. I'll definitely try. Now, flip over to page 276. Ooh, wait a second. I'm already past 276. Are you into Boundless stuff? No, 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 no. Oh, man, it's Black Mask. Yes, I have to point this out. Is that they're coming out with three trade paperbacks here, collected editions. One of them is Survival Fetish. The other is Jade Street Protection Services and the Devil Within. What intrigues me about this is that these are all series that have ended a year or more ago. Jade Street Protection Services, that's from at least two years ago, maybe closer to three. And they're just not coming out with these collected editions. I don't understand what Black Mask is doing. And I feel yeah. pretty certain that Black Mask doesn't understand what Black Mask is doing. Ooh, but The Devil Within has a cover by Tula Latoy. Exactly. So I'm probably going to blow 16 or $17 on that trade just to have that cover. So. I don't know. It's full color and it's mature. I think I can deal with it. Mm. Just to make sure you don't trigger anything. Okay. Ooh. Going through, going through, going through. Ooh, Devil's Do does have a book on how to self-publish comics. Not just create them. Is that where a copier is involved? You know, I'm, I'm wondering how that actually worked. Because back in, remember back in the 80s? Remember the 80s? <laughs> and so, like, and we're researching some independent stuff and some of the self-published stuff. They would just do photocopies of stuff. What, they would just go to the Kinko's and slap some stuff on there, print it off or copy it off, and then fold it in half, put some staples in it, and call it a comic book and sell it. Is that how it worked? I couldn't tell you exactly. I don't know how they did it. Like, I don't know how the Hernandez brothers did their first issue of Love and Rockets, but it had to be been something along those lines. It couldn't have been anything too technologically advanced. Oh, I think this is when I started trying to get, seeing some awesome stuff was like on page 300 and 301, because that's where you got the Frank Cho, you got the Ballpoint Beauties, and you got the the Frank Cho Method Studio Edition, but then it's you also got the... Uh, the line of beauty, the art of Wendy Penny, Wendy Penny, who who and her husband did ElfQuest. But you look at some of her fantasy art from back in the seventies and the eighties. Was I didn't realize until recently. Yes, and she was also a well known for cosplaying Red Sonia. Yes, where did that pop up? That popped up in Twitter earlier. That's kind of, I think she was writing it for Marvel at the time. Yes, well they also they appeared on Mike Dick Cabot. It was Mike Douglas. I think it was the Mike Douglas daytime talk show that uh, Phil Sewing, who was the guy that started Seagate, the guy who's credited with starting the direct market, mm-hmm. he was invited on that show and he was there. And then Wendy Penny was another guest and she came out in her Red Sonia cosplay outfit. There you go. Yeah. And then, like on page 307, you had the Bernie Wrightson art and designs for the Gang of Seven Animation Studio hardcover. I've really gotten that Bernie Wines rights and over the like the past few years here. I gotta really start getting into more of him stuff. I've been trying to concentrate on getting his Swamp Thing stuff, but I'm really now wanting to get his uh, House of Mystery and House of what's the other one? House of Mystery, House of Secrets stuff. And I need to look into this Frankenstein thing because apparently like something from on sold of his on Heritage that was his Frankenstein what cover or art that just went for like. Buku's money, and I'm like, and I guess I need to figure out what that is because everybody was talking about it's like one of the greatest things ever, and it's like it is. Well, need to track it down. 
Man, maybe it was all on that page, and I was just so excited about seeing that stuff. I just thought the whole book was great. <laughs> well, again, there's things in here that they highlighted that have been offered before, like on page 314, that Masters of Comics art yep. book. That's all. I've got that book. I ordered it back a year or so ago or when it came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then on page 333, there's the the Alex Ross. You got Mythology, you got the DC comic art of Alex Ross, soft cover, and then Rough Justice, soft cover. So, uh, I love Ross's stuff, too. Especially, you know, I like his DC stuff better than his Marvel stuff. I don't know why. His... I like Ross. His work doesn't do as much for me as it does for most people. Oh, then you don't, get, then you don't like the Ross. I do like Ross. I just... What, do you throw him up there with J.R.J.R.? No, 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 no. I don't throw anybody up there with J.R.J.R. other than... I don't know, you're like, you're kind of leaning that way. No. (laughs) Okay, by saying that I don't just go apeshit crazy over Alec Ross like most people do, doesn't mean I throw him up there with (laughs) J.R.J.R. A little bit hyperbolic (sighs) statement. (sighs) Oh... Let's see. We're into the Titan stuff now. Uh, you know, they haven't done a hard case crime series in a while. They got two. What do you mean page, they got two? There's two. I'm looking on page 353. Oh. Oh, there you go. Well, wait a second. Are those trades or are those? There those are hard, hard cover. covers. And one of them is, I think it's a trade. Well, that's what I'm saying. I meant like the series series. Oh, series series. You know, or floppies. Or you know what? I'm trying you know, I'm starting to get to where I'm thinking about doing more trades or such, especially for the aftershock stuff. I'm heading that you direction get, myself. You get like the five issue series and it's like well, that would just been a whole lot easier in a trade. Yes. So I think I am finally making that conversion. I'm just not gonna make that conversion to digital. No, no, no. Never gonna go digital. Unless I have to. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It looks like Valiant's kicking off some new XO. Yes, and they're kind of called this. They're calling 2020 the year of. They're gonna call it the year of heroes in Valiant. Yay, heroes! Counter DC's year of the villain. Perhaps. Yeah, Dennis Hopeless Hallam's gonna be writing the new XO. And then we got then the, the vault new, stuff. New Doctor Tomorrow, which is coming. And all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Here's where you know what this whole this new some of this valiant stuff. I'm trying to decide if I'm just being a a valiant purist because I don't really count the acclaim stuff as valiant. Okay. And now you know you've got Quantum and Woody, and now you're getting Doctor Tomorrow, and I just never really considered those really part of the valiant I really liked. Oh, you didn't like Quantum and Woody? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of grown on me now, but it's like I'm really liking the new Valiant stuff that they're doing. I like the creators are getting. Um, well, I do too. I do too. It's not that I'm not enjoying it. It's just like it's almost like you're two different universes to me. Like you had the old VH1, and then you had a claim. That's all. And now they're kind of merging them together. But if you got the if you got the rights to them, as well publish, right? Yes, that's true. <sighs> And then the the great vault stuff. Yeah, vault's doing quite well. I would like to see some of their numbers. That reminds me, I gotta go to that one comic shop and see if I can find another copy of that Wasted Space Christmas special for you. Yes, you do, because I'd really be interested in that, and I don't know how I missed out on that. I don't either, but I did somehow. And they had a bunch of them there. I wonder if it was a giveaway or something. I don't know. Anything else in collect? Anything in collectibles that you saw? Ah, uh, I don't know. I think there was a bunch of. There's always a bunch of stuff that's interesting in there. If you just, if you had like a whole another house to like put up stuff and display them. I will say I have been getting some of the Battlestar Galactica, uh, ship. Um, uh, well, what are they called? Not they're not really models because they're already put together. I think of a model as something you put together, but they um. You know, like the ship collection or whatever. They're Eagle Moss, so it's... Oh, yeah, it looks like they're going to start now doing... Yeah, they're doing the official ship's collection, and this month's is a Cylon Centurion. That's not a ship. No, that's not. But I got, but I just got the one from the previous month, and it was the uh, the the reimagined Base Star. 
And you could kill somebody with it. <laughs> yeah, so it looks I like mean, a it, ninja throwing star. Yeah, I mean, I got that thing out, and it's got some sharp edges. It's got some blades on it. I, I'm like, damn, and it's heavy, too, because it's die cast. I'm like, son of a, I pulled that out, and it's like, hmm. They wouldn't let me have that on a plane. So you're collecting the reimagined stuff from reimagined, well, Electra, not crappy. Well, no, they mix it up. Okay. It's it's almost like they alternate between classic and reimagined. And I've gotten some of the classic too. I didn't get the classic base star, or I did get the classic Galactica. So I have the reimagined Galactica and the classic Galactica. And then I got a Mark One Viper, a Mark Three Viper, and a Mark Seven Viper, and a Mark Four Viper, which. The Blood and Chrome, I don't know if that was a blunt Mark IV or not, or if that was just like a 3.5. But I get, I get the cool one, so I'm probably not getting the Centurion. And I didn't get Colonial One, but I don't know. I was debating, you know, I always really like to look into the cards, but there wasn't as many cards this time. Sometimes I got baseball, football, and some other stuff. Hmm. But not much, so. All right, so. Maybe maybe this issue of previews wasn't as great as I thought it was. In my head it in my head it was, or maybe I was just like really excited about comics that night when I was looking at it. Well, there was good things in there, things I'm interested in. I just from what you had stated it, it was like this is this is a red letter. Well, I might pull a Mike Myers and just click the check all box. Well, I wouldn't expect you to go quite that far, but. Uh. Didn't we calculate how much would it be if you clicked the order everything button? Would it cost you one month to pull to get everything in previews? Oh, they had it printed on there one month. It was like ninety thousand dollars. <laughs> so that's when I, yeah, I actually tweeted that out and said you know, now I have an, an idea of how much Mike Myers spends per month on comics. So. Mm. Ooh, I did pick up something else interesting this week. So. I think you've heard me talk about, and I guess we've moved on from previews now. So I guess you've heard me talk about before how back in the day I was I was playing Magic when it was kind of first coming out. I didn't really play it when it first first came out, so I wasn't playing Alpha Beta. I got into it with Unlimited. Anyway, so but a lot of those cards were still out there and they weren't astronomical prices where they were now. But given the success of Magic at the time, everybody was coming out with CCGs, collectible card games, and I've got a few others of them. So I've got, you know, uh, almost a complete, I still got to finish it off a black border set of st- the first Star Trek game. And I got a bunch of the Star Wars and things like that. But there was one that I re- that I never really played, but I wanted the cards just because of what it was. And I never, and you, they, it wasn't really out there that long. And I've really been wanting to finish the set. And so I decided to look. So this week, last week I ordered and it came in this week, an unopened box of, the Monty Python and the Holy Grail collectible <laughs> card game. Fun. That was just on TV recently. I watched part of it. Yes, yes. And I, I want the, I want the the White Rabbit card. I don't think I have it. I think I have the Holy Hand Grenade. Uh, there is actually a card in there. There actually is a Dennis card. In there. <laughs> Do you know which character is Dennis? Yes, Dennis is the, uh, the wizard that had the horn, ram's horn hat. No, no, that was Tim. Tim, that was Tim. Yeah, the sorcerer. Dennis, gosh. He was the one being repressed. Oh, yes. <laughs> Him and his mother were into filth when Arthur came along. and He was... <laughs> yeah. So Dennis. some tart gave you a sword out of the water and that makes you king? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> is there a, what is this? Is there a shrubbery card? I don't know. I haven't looked at the card. So this came out in like 95, 96. And I probably haven't looked in those cards in, since like 97, 98, if that long. But in, but in, in doing this, I also found out there was one, there was a one booster set released. And I've never seen that or heard of it or have anything from that. So now I'm going to have to track that down. But yeah, at some point, so I'm going to have to open up this box of cards and see if I can complete my Monty Python and the Holy Grail CCG uh, set and have it complete. That is funny. I would like to see what all is in there. Now, it's it's, it's funny because I found three sealed boxes on eBay. One of them was being auctioned off, and I think it was like, and I eventually won it for like $36 shipped. 
And the two other box sealed boxes on there were like seventy and eighty dollars, and they got relisted at like thirty bucks each. <laughs> so I'm wondering if they're all from the same place, and once mine sold, they kind of kind of set the price. Couldn't tell you. But if it's thirty six packs a box, you know, it's still a dollar a pack, which isn't bad. I think back in the day they were like two, three dollars a pack. Probably. I forget. It's been so long since I've done any um, of the CCG stuff. Uh, since I never collected cards of any kind. Not even baseball? No, never did. No baseball, no football, no tobacco cards? You didn't want to have something to put in the spokes of your rear wheel or your bicycle? Like a Mickey Mantle 52? What we used those were just an old discarded deck of diamond playing cards. <laughs> so you but then you couldn't play cards anymore. Well, that's true. No, we'd always use the, the Joker or something that you never played with to put in the spokes. And what was that supposed to do again? That was uh, your best approximation of a motorcycle, I guess. It was, it's, you had a motor for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yep, there it is, a sealed box of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Author, King of the Britons, Defeater of the Saxons, Sovereign of All England. Nice. Ah, that is a great movie. <laughs> it, it was, definitely. How come they can't make movies like that anymore? Uh, for the same reason that DC can't put out Detective Comics 1 through 26 anymore, because it's insensitive. <sighs> it's you comedy. Know, you think of some of those great movies. Oh, my gosh. Blazing Saddles? No oh way my. can Blazing Saddles be made today. No way. You know, I've never I've never looked at the bottom of the box before. So on the bottom of the box it says, Why not try a holiday in Sweden this year? Special thanks to Tutin Hermsgerfer Horden Borat Borda and Ralph the Wonder Lama. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, you're left to have to let me know how that goes. Yeah, I mean I don't can't remember if we tried to play this game once or not, but there's parts in it there where you have to sing, you know, like the minstrel. You get a card and you have to make up a little rhyme or song like the minstrels play. And you get questions three. <laughs> and there, and then you get cards where you can like it's got King Arthur, but it's got the the face is missing, and you're supposed to like draw your own face on there or cut out a photo and put your face on there. Right. So. Oh, and there's and there on the side, it's like a moose once bit my sister. Mind you, moose bites can be pretty nasty. Oh yeah, suggested retail was three forty five per pack back in ninety six. Not bad, I suppose. Yeah, so getting it for a dollar each. Woo! Yeah, but another totally useless thing to clog up the basement, as my wife would say. But yes, I'm waiting for my slide rule to get here. And you're just going to sit there and just mess with your slide rule? Why not? I'm No, I'm going to actually use this thing. because. You know, I don't think I ever got trained on a slide rule. Well, I think I was probably of the age where it was, yeah, kind of on, the, on its way out. Because there were, I was taught in eighth grade. My science teacher in eighth grade taught us how to use that. And that would have been 77, 76, 77. So there were scientific calculators back then, but they were damned expensive. Texas Instruments and Hewlett Packard were really the only ones that were doing that. And you could drop two, three hundred dollars easily back in those days for a scientific calculator. So he taught us how to use the slide rule. And he had this enormous six foot teaching version that was hanging off of the chalkboard mm -hmm. i don't know more and more i start to think that i was born about 50 years too late technology of the early part or earlier part of the century fits me more because i want a slide rule i want to get a manual typewriter and i just have it use it i've also got some uh, i ordered off of ebay recently some old estrabook pen nibs and i don't mean fountain pens i mean these are the old dip pens Ooh. You have to dip the nib in the, in the ink and write on the paper, and you wrote, you know, eight, ten words, a dozen, however many it was, and then you have to dip your pen again. So how'd that work? Because I remember when we when we toured Monticello, that Thomas Jefferson had one where it's almost like a copier. So he had mechanically he had two pens connected together so he could be writing, copying what he was writing. So would you have to dip them both? I don't know how he did that or if they may have been actual pencils more than or if the, the one that was copying was more of a pencil i don't know how he did that because they were still using quills pretty frequently back in those days so uh, i don't know how that worked what do you mean the early 18th century yes 
Well, or was that 19th? No, that'd be early 19th the, century. Mid to late 19th century. No, wasn't he died in 1826? All right, but he was also well alive in the in 1700s. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah, but the 1700s was the 18th century. I I mixed up 1800s is the 19th century. Okay. I don't know. I don't think the technology of writing changed that much in those 50 years between the signing of the Declaration of Independence and his death. So. Mm, they didn't come up with ballpoint pens with the gel ink. No. Oh, man, just imagine what they could have got done. Yes, but it would have been a step back because ballpoint pens are inferior technology. I won't use them. <laughs> but yeah, no, I want to. I want to try because I haven't ever written anything extensively with a dip pen. I want to get that experience. Oh, what's extensively? More than a line or two. Like yeah, writing a whole whole letter in a dip pen. I can't imagine what that was like doing your correspondence, having done everything. Do you know who Shelby Foote is? Mm, no, I can't say I do. Uh, did you ever see the Ken Burns Civil War documentary? Oh, uh, I think I started it, but didn't finish it. Okay. I need to do that. Shelby Foote was the gentleman on there with the gray hair and the beard with the thick North Carolina accent. He was a, a novelist, but he also wrote, considered the definitive Civil War history. Three volumes, three thick volumes, about a million and a half words total. He spent 20 years writing it. Ugh. Anyway, he wrote the entire thing with a dip pen. You know, he would write it out in longhand with a pen. Then he'd go back and make corrections. Then he'd copy that over again with this old dip pen. And when he got it like he wanted, then he typed it up. On a, of course, an old typewriter. This was, He wrote this back in the uh, 60s. Started in the late 50s. It went into the early 70s writing. So why does that force you to, like, think? Take your time? Well, actually, yeah. He said that it kept him from having to do as many drafts. Because, yeah, you're writing 12, 15 words, maybe, before you have to stop and redo, re-ink your nib. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it keeps you stuck, makes you think and consider about what you're writing before you actually have to put it down. But, yeah, a million and a half words written that way. Of course, yeah. uh, Dickens would have written all of his stuff that way. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. When all those monks and those monasteries are written, copied, and done all their stuff that way, too? Yes, they would have. All that. Isn't that how you did everything before Gutenberg? <laughs> well, even after Gutenberg, it still was prominent. But... Maybe that was the original. He did the original in a dip pen. But no, I don't know. I'm starting to have this fascination with older technology. I think we were better off back then. I really did. <laughs> well, we were more self-sufficient. Yes. Maybe that's the emotion I'm trying to express. But, see, I will let I you know. know. I, I kind of like air know. conditioning. Well, I do too. I'm not eschewing all modern conveniences, but I don't know. But yes, I will let you know when I get my slide rule and start using it. Mm, then you can start calculating postage for shipping comics. So what else you got? Recovered from the the... New Year from Christmas, finally back into your rhythm, your groove. It's all good. If there's, if I actually have, actually have a rhythm or groove, which I don't usually. <laughs> I'm about three fourths of the way through a book that has been interesting me. It's called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh. And it's a very slim book. You can read it in a couple of days. Ooh. Maybe, maybe even one day if you're have the time and you're fast on a reader but uh yeah i've got uh some book i, I don't know i'm just looking, sitting here looking at my bookshelf and i'm just sitting here realizing the number of books i've bought with the intentions of reading that i haven't read oh my gosh the stuff that i've got that could be read that i haven't gotten around to is is voluminous and that I'm includes comics there. as well as every other kind of book you can imagine yeah, I'm trying to find the one that's on the same lines like you were. Well, it's not that. It's uh, crap. Where is it? I got it when I went to. It was um, I seen a guy on the Discovery Channel all the time. He's like he teaches at New York University and is a futurist now. How do you get a job as a futurist? I don't know. Where you just sit there and you just 
Is that the guy that shows up on all the alien memes? You know, with the hair no, 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 not that guy, not that guy. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to find the book because I was at his conference and he was had his book and he was signing it and everything and I got a signed copy and it's like I keep meaning to read it because it's you know it's one of those he's a physicist. And he's talking about where he, you know, kind of as a futurist, he's kind of looking at, well, here's the technology. Here's how you see stuff going over the next 20 years. And, you know, you just you just kind of forecast how current technology is moving and what new can come up. And, you know, I find that stuff interesting, but it's like I got a book on it. Now I can't find a book and I don't even see it. So I must have it somewhere else. I must have it one of my other four bookshelves. I don't know. But then I'm looking here and I'm seeing I got Will Eisner as a contract with God. I still got to read. Uh, why buildings stand up. Uh, at some point, I got to go through my guide to pulps again and get back into my pulps thing. Man, I just, you know, I got to figure out some my pulp, my pulp game. I got to up my pulp game. Because all I'm finding is expensive pulps on at my LCS or my uh, eBay. And... It's like, that's not how I collect comics, so how do I find pulps out in the wild? I have yet to find pulps in the wild. We have some. There's your LCS. Yeah, I know, but those aren't in the... Yeah, but those are still... That's the better stuff that's... You're know, talking about estate sales and garage sales and that kind of stuff. I guess. I don't know. I don't ever see them at estate sales or flea markets or anything like that. That's not a thing. I can find pulp. I mean, I can find comics. I just can't find pulps. I wonder if people just get them and throw them out thinking they're worthless like Reader's Digest. I don't know. Could be. I'm going to have to go into an excursion. I need to drive out to Herman, get some sausages, and on the way back, stop at all the antique malls. <laughs> well, if you're going to Herman, you need to go all the way to Pinkney Bend. And cause I'm going to have to, somehow, between now or when I'm up in that area, <laughs> Why is it? i got to get some... Navy Gen. Yeah. Why is your stock running low? Yes, it's getting pretty low. <laughs> there may be something we we may have to send Ann and Pam on a run while we're up in Chicago. Wisconsin, go yeah, go get some gin. Yeah, they may be sent a gin run for us for me. <laughs> we're gonna take back more than one bottle this time, right? Yes, I am. You know that you know that bottle is only about like thirty bucks. I know. I don't know why I didn't buy two. Um, well, I guess I, I was really concerned about us having room for it. My wife's a great packer. She can get a week's worth of stuff into one suitcase, but then there's hardly room for anything else. You know, there's not a lot of extra room to bring stuff back. Yeah, that's that's because it's a week's worth. That's true. But I'd rather have not have to haul around five pieces of luggage, especially if we're trying to get through the airport, which I've booked my flight for our flight for the C2E2. C2E2 doings. Mm, just hoping Chicago doesn't get shut down for a snowstorm or ice storm or something. Ah, C2E2. So C2E2, why did you have to do that to us? Why did you have to be into February? I really, really don't know. And I'm going to be curious to see what the crowds are like this year. Well, I don't know. Does it work to our benefit if it's not as crowded? Yes. For ours, for those of us that make it there, it doesn't work for their benefit. Uh, unless we get unless we get stuck there? If we get stuck there, we'll have to figure something else out. We'll have to come home with Ronnie somehow. Uh, as long as it's not on the train. Oh, yes. No kidding. <laughs> I, the more I think about it, I don't know why they did that. Why are they putting Well, up? it's too close to other cons. And you had artists that were probably seriously thinking about not going because I got, you know, con this weekend and a con the next weekend and a con the next weekend. So which one are you going to give up? Well, that's true. And from what I'm seeing, as far as the guests, that doesn't seem to be scaring people away. Yeah. Hey, do yeah. you see where Tony Daniels doing commissions? He's he's taking the pre C two E two commissions now. No, I didn't see that. I saw the first of Terry Moore's sketches that he's going to be bringing to C two E two. Yeah, you're just going to walk up and buy the whole sketchbook. Yeah, with what money? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> Maybe there'll be some more Love and Rockets you can buy this year. I pretty much have it all. 
there's a few ancillary things here and there, but I've got pretty much what I want. Oh, there's got to be more. Oh, there's always more. I'd love some more OA, but trying to find that at a reasonable price. Uh, oh, it might be reasonable. It's just at that level of pricing that's... Well, okay. You know, at, like a, art. At, a, at a price that I can afford. Let me restate that. So. <laughs> I don't know. I just gotta make sure I don't spend all two days at the OA booth like I did last time last year. No, if that's what you were looking for, though, if that's what you like. So. Well, I wasn't originally looking for that. I just happened to find that. Well, what else are you gonna look at? You gonna go long box diving at those overpriced things? Uh, I, I, you know what? I'll probably pick specific dollar long boxes. Maybe it depends on how crowded it is. Again. Because sometimes it's convenient. Okay, here's the one thing, and I guess I've griped about this before. But you can't fill your long box up to where you can't look through it. I remember there's a, I went to a couple of booths last year, and they had it packed so tight, you couldn't look at anything. It's got to be loose enough so people can come up and start going through it. I wish people would. I wish a booth buyers or whatever you call them, vendors, that's it, vendors would realize that. Yeah, that's what irritates me. And the other thing is, the guy who walks up to a long box, and then he's got this big three-ring binder that he opens up and flips to the pages. He's, you know, so this guy's got obviously hundreds of things that he's got on his wish list. So yeah, he goes up to the long box, pulls out his big binder, opens that, sits it on top of two adjacent long boxes, and then starts puts out a, puts out a tent and a camp stove. And, you know, <laughs> and he's there for an hour, and you're like, okay, or two hours or something like. That. All right. It's part of part of the con experience. Yeah, I guess we're getting to be grumpy old men now. Yes, well, I don't think we've earned it. Yeah, but I don't know if anybody wants to listen to us about it. So, but anyway, that's about what I had. I don't know if you've got anything else. No, I can't. I can't. I'm now. I'm like, I was all excited about this month's previews, and and now I'm like, crap. There really wasn't as much in there as I thought there was. I was excited about. So now I've kind of like brought myself down. Well, gosh, I hate to hear that because I don't want you to be down. Well, you know, I kind of made a res. I was starting to kind of just get into a rut with comics and such like that, and and I want to get back to where I enjoy. I want to enjoy comics like Mike Myers enjoys comics. I want to get back to that. I used to be like that. I don't know that it's possible to enjoy comics like Mike Myers does. I did. Back in the day, I just loved it. And, I, and don't get me wrong. It's not that I force myself to read comics. I still enjoy reading them. But, I don't know, sometimes it just, I don't know, I think I get mechanical with it. And then I'll get some comics and I'll read them. And, you know, I don't sit there and savor them. I, I, I feel like I got to churn through them. And I want to get back to, out. I want to get out of that mode of churning through them and sitting there and enjoying them. I understand that. So why buy it if you're just just going to spend five minutes, don't really appreciate the art, throw it in a uh, bag and board, and then file it away, never to bring it out again? What's the point? I need I need I need to get some enjoyment back in my life with comics. I'm kind of the same way. But see, that takes me in the opposite direction from somebody like Mike, who buys every damn thing ever published. You know. I tend to start looking for the things that really I really enjoy, which takes me like in the opposite direction. I'll start buying fewer and fewer things because okay, that was okay, but it's not really. It's it's impossible for me to enjoy comics like Mike Myers does. Absolutely impossible <laughs> because like there's just things I don't want, and mm. there's also things that I think are not very good comics. <laughs> he's never read a comic that he didn't like. I don't think. Well, there's some comics that are better than others. So, which is true of everything in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe we ought to wrap it up. I see the wife looking at me. I think I gotta go feed her. Either that, or you've got more water on the hardwood floor that you gotta take care of. Yeah, I'm hoping we got all that up. Darn, darn tree. So what? You're gonna get out in this snowbound weather? No, no. We'll go up there and we'll cook. We kind of like to do stuff like that together. Isn't that what couples do? That's what I've heard, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to Best of the Rest. I'm Jay Loving. And this is Dennis Chandler. And this is a lot of rest tonight. 
Well, that's fine. You can reach me at jforgets on Twitter. Hey, I'm at UT Engineer. Or you can tweet the show at BOTR Comics. Good evening. Thank you.